Blessings to all of you out there. You are listening to JOY, a podcast from St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, where our conversations about life and faith always include Jesus, others, and you. I'm the Reverend Mary Vano, and in today's episode, I'm glad to be back with Heidi Soul, the producer of our podcast. Heidi, thanks for joining us again. Thanks again for having me, Mary. I feel like I'm always here behind the scenes. I feel like a fly on the wall, you know, being behind the scenes with the editing the podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is another Q&A conversation. But this time, we invited our listeners to submit their questions about the seasons of Advent and Christmas. And thanks to several of you, we've got some good questions to discuss today. But first of all, I want to ask you, Mary, what is your relationship with the Christmas and Advent seasons? How did you grow up in the Christmas and Advent times? And how do you feel about the Christmas and Advent seasons now? I love Advent and Christmas. I did grow up in the church, so it's just been part of my natural rhythm. We always, on the first Sunday of Advent in our home, we got out the Advent calendar, we got out the Advent wreath, we started lighting the candles, we decorated the tree, always lots of parties and celebrations and extra time in prayer as I got older, which I've always really loved. Advent and Christmas are beautiful times of the year for me. They're also a little bit shaped by another family remembrance that happens right at the season every year. And that was that my father, when he was serving in Vietnam, was shot down and captured on December 18th, 1972. And that event, even though I wasn't born yet, (laughs) it's a marker in my family with a good deal of sadness that comes with it. So it, I think, helps to bring out that sense of light in the midst of darkness because we're pretty aware of the darkness, the loss of my dad's crewmates who died when they were shot down, that terrible season when he was a prisoner of war during Christmas. That darkness is always there, but always also is the light of Christ being born into the world. And that promise is so powerful. So that's my Advent and Christmas experience. How about you, Heidi? I have always loved Christmas. I love everything about the season. I love putting up the Christmas tree. I love the Christmas music. Like I have four different Spotify Christmas playlists. (laughs) I have a Christmas playlist for reading. I have a Christmas playlist for working out. I have an R&B Christmas playlist. I love getting into the mood of Christmas. Growing up, I would say I didn't really think much of Advent. I grew up in the Lutheran church and we also celebrated Advent and we had our Advent wreath and my mom occasionally had an Advent calendar, but I never fully realized the theme of patience that Advent has, the anticipation of Christ's birth. As a little kid, I wanted to speed up to Christmas. You know, I wanted to open those presents. I wanted to eat all that Christmas food. I wanted to see all the family. I just wanted to get to it. And I think as an adult, I appreciate the season of Advent even more. And I especially love the season of Advent this year. This Christmas and Advent season is much different than the ones in the past. 
this season of Advent is filled with a lot of anticipation anticipation for a vaccine. And in our case, multiple vaccines, there is an anticipation of a new president and what our political landscape is going to look like in the year 2021 or in the next four to eight years, give or take. There's a lot of uncertainty about the future. And I'm so thankful for Advent right now to help ground me in what Christmas is all about. I think that's an excellent observation. This is a season of expectation and preparation. And if you can get into it, there's a way that we can savor and enjoy that sense of hope. Absolutely. Well, let's roll into these questions. We've already mentioned our feelings about Advent, but let's start with a general question about the season that we're in. What is Advent, Mary? Well, the word Advent means beginning. It is a season of anticipation and preparation. It's about preparing for a celebration of the incarnation, Christmas. But even more, it's also about preparing for Christ to be born again into the world and for the final restoration of God's creation. So we do look back in time to Jesus's birth. But more than that, we also look forward in time to that restoration that we know is coming. Advent is a season of four weeks. It is the four Sundays preceding December 25th. Growing up in the church that I grew up in, usually in the four weeks of Advent, there was a different part of the nativity story that we learned about. So that was kind of a way in my little kid mind that I marked the time of, all right, we're getting closer. And then, of course, in the couple of days leading up to Christmas, that's when we would have the Christmas pageant. And that's when the full nativity would come. We would have people dressing up, you know, as the wise men and the shepherds. And for me, I would always be an angel. I was never Mary. (laughs) I was never cast as Mary in the nativity, which I was always strangely jealous about because I felt like Mary was the starring role. But Mary hardly had any lines in the nativity stories that we always did, strangely. So I love the season of four weeks, and I think you answered the definition of Advent beautifully. Next question, what is an Advent wreath and how does one use it during Advent? An Advent wreath is a tool for cultivating that sense of expectation that we're building during Advent. It is simply a set of four candles set in a wreath. The wreath, of course, is a circle. Often it's made out of evergreen branches. And so it's a symbol in itself of eternity. And then we place the four candles in there, one candle for each Sunday preceding December 25th. It's kind of like a measurement of time in the midst of eternity. The way it works is that you light the first candle on the first Sunday of Advent, and then each Sunday you add another candle. So on the second Sunday, you've got two candles lit. And on the third Sunday, you've got three candles lit. And then that last few days before Christmas, you've got four candles lit and the light increases. So throughout the season, you start with one little light and that builds. In my home, we light our candles every day during our evening meal. 
that's the habit that I grew up with. We sit down to the table, we light the candle, we say our blessing, and we eat together. Now, I have to tell you, in some years, I've thought about the wreath as kind of a measurement of how well I'm observing the season, because some years, frankly, are so busy with Christmas parties and basketball games and kids' activities and church activities and other stuff that the candles are barely burned because we've barely had a chance to sit down and eat together (laughs) during the whole season. This year is kind of the opposite. This is the first time that I am more worried about burning my candles down to nubs (laughs) before we get to December 25th. We've got more time at home this year. It's a different season for sure. You might have to get multiple candles, you know, multiple blue (laughs) candles, multiple pink candles, just in case. having our Advent wreath at home, my family and I, we would light the candle. It would usually be like a Sunday evening kind of thing that we would do as a family. It was more like a Compline Mm -hmm. style. We would light the candle. We would usually sing a Christmas carol and we would have some sort of reading. It wasn't necessarily the reading of a nativity story, but it was like a Christian story that was Advent themed That's usually how we would do our Advent wreaths at home together as a family. It's usually a one day a week kind of thing. Well, the wreath, I think, is best suited as a home devotional. So traditions around it vary. You do what works best for you and what you enjoy doing. What is the proper color for Advent? Because I've seen a lot of churches use blue. Some other churches use different colors. What are your thoughts? What is the proper color for Advent? Well, I hate to take away our opportunities to argue about something, but (laughs) the truth (laughs) is there's there's really no such thing as a proper color. The Book of Common Prayer does not instruct us on what colors to use when. The use of colors to distinguish the liturgical seasons really just falls under the category of tradition, which means that we do have longstanding habits that we love. But definitely, there is variation over time and location. So no one can really claim a moral high ground about what color is proper. Whatever you color you use for your Advent wreath, it's simply a visual cue to call your attention to the fact that something is different. This is the way colors are used in church. We change the hangings, we change the vestments, we change the flags. You can kind of think of it like a movie maker using, for instance, a black and white scene to indicate that this is a flashback to the past. It's a visual cue. Now, we might also associate the colors with certain meanings that emphasize the purpose of that particular season, but even those are sometimes expressed differently by different people. When I was growing up in the church, we always used purple for Advent. And we also used purple for Lent. It's a color associated with penitence. And both Lent and Advent are penitential seasons. Lent, a little bit more so, I would say. In Advent, penitence is part of our work of preparation. But the focus is really on that preparation and that joy in the preparation. 
In more recent decades, many Episcopalians have started using blue for Advent as a way of making Advent and Lent more distinct from one another. I also like using blue because it's a color often associated in art with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I think that's appropriate for Advent. I also read once that the blue of the Advent is like the color of the sky just before the dawn, when darkness is turning to light. And I think that's lovely. So the most honest answer I can give is that I use blue for Advent because I like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it too. (laughs) But all that said, the colors that you use for the candles in your Advent wreath are up to you. Some people like purple, some like blue, some people use all white candles. If you like to follow the tradition, one of those candles is sometimes a rose-colored candle for the third Sunday of Advent. The third Sunday of Advent is called Gaudate Sunday. It's a Latin word meaning rejoice. And in the old Roman tradition, the purple color of Advent would be lightened to that pink color for a day of rejoicing in the midst of what is otherwise a somewhat penitential season. It's up to you. You can use four blue candles. You can use three purple candles and one pink candle. Do what makes sense to you. The pink candle in Advent has always puzzled me. I didn't know that there was like a specific Sunday for that candle and what the pink color symbolized. But it makes sense that that would be a happier day. That would be a more joyful day just before the fourth Sunday. And the color indicates that. But it goes along with the readings appointed for the day. You're listening carefully. You'll notice a brightening or a lightening as we focus more on rejoicing that day. What other colors are used during the church year? If we Episcopalians have blue, that's specifically for Advent. What other colors of the rainbow do we use during the church year? We use white. White is our color for celebrations. So we use white for Easter for all 50 days of Easter. We use white for Christmas and then also for baptisms, funerals, weddings, etc. So all those celebratory occasions, we bring out the white. We also use red. Red tends to signify the Holy Spirit and fire and blood. So we use red for Pentecost and for Holy Week. And any time that we are celebrating a service in honor of one of the martyrs of the church, their color will be red. We use purple, as I mentioned, for Lent, and that's a color associated with penitence. And then the other color is green. Green reminds us about growth. When we look at the seasons in nature, we see a lot of green throughout the year when the leaves are on the trees. And so we've got two growing seasons. One season is after Epiphany, and the other season is after Pentecost. And those are times when we're focused on growing, growing the gospel, the spread of the gospel in the world, and also growing in discipleship. And that growing season is the longest period in the church year, correct? Correct. So the season after Pentecost is the longest Pentecost, the date is variable. Usually it's late May or early June. And then we use green all the way up to the first Sunday of Advent, basically, the end of November. I guess that shows that all of us have a lot of growing to do during the year. (laughs) (laughs) We do. (laughs) 
Advent calendars, Mary. What are Advent calendars? Is there a proper way to use an Advent calendar? Advent calendars are really just another tool for observing the passage of time in the midst of eternity, cultivating that sense of expectation, again, that we're building during the season of Advent. Some Advent calendars are devotional calendars. Frequently, those are the types of calendars that will have a scripture reading assigned for every day, or they may even have some kind of kind work, (laughs) good work for you to do on that day. So maybe you might have an advent calendar that says, make a donation to your food pantry today. So those are lovely devotional practices. Other advent calendars, of course, are just for fun. They're sold at Target (laughs) and anywhere you go now. So you got to recognize it's a commercial industry. Some come with treats in them. (laughs) That's right. And I have no objection to eating a piece of chocolate every day, (laughs) but it probably isn't cultivating that same sense of expectation in me. (laughs) True. Now, most advent calendars, for the sake of simplicity, are really December calendars. They'll start on December 1st and go through the December 24th. And that doesn't always precisely align with the season of advent starting four Sundays before Christmas. But regardless, they are fun. I have an advent calendar in my home that was given to me by my aunt when I was a child. It's a blank Christmas tree with an ornament in all the pockets, one through 24. And so each day of the month, you put a new ornament on the Christmas tree. I like how that builds again toward Christmas. It's fun. I like it. Yeah, we had a similar advent calendar growing up with the Christmas tree and everything was kind of felt and you put the ornaments and then there would be like 25 buttons on the tree. And then you put one down, you put one down and then the very top would be the star and then you would put the angel on top. I greatly appreciate all that you are doing, Mary, and everyone else who is working very hard at St. Margaret's for keeping the Advent and Christmas seasons very much alive and festive for us. I believe it was sometime last month where some great, awesome congregants delivered Advent calendars and Advent devotionals to all of us. And I've certainly been using mine every day. I've been praying the prayers every day, and I've been doing the devotionals on that Advent calendar. I have it right up on my fridge. And that's been another way that I've tried to stay grounded in the season of Advent this year. So thank you for helping out with all of that. Oh, yeah, that's so great. I'm glad to hear you're using them. Where do the 12 days of Christmas fit within all of this? Yes, as the song teaches us, Christmas is a season of 12 days that begin on December 25th when we celebrate the birth of Jesus and the incarnation of God. Those 12 days then lead us to January 6th, which is the Feast of the Epiphany, when we remember the Magi who came from the East and the revelation of Christ to all people. Our consumer culture really gets well ahead of the church calendar, (laughs) of course, because retailers want you to buy things for Christmas. So sometimes people get confused about this, but in the church, we really don't begin Christmas until the eve of December 25th. And then we celebrate for the 12 days following. 
I always kind of regret it when I see somebody's Christmas tree out in the trash on December 26th. (laughs) I want to say, wait, hold on. We got more time to party. In the church, our intended rhythm is to celebrate Christmas for 12 days beginning to December 25th. If the idea of liturgical season is new to you, I hope you're beginning to get the picture that the church calendar is a kind of annual curriculum that helps us to grow spiritually by shifting the focus during each season to these fundamental truths of Christian faith and to God's work throughout history, especially the incarnation and the resurrection. So observing the seasons can be a really great way to live into the fullness of our Christian faith. In some way, yes, it is artificial because all of the truth of our faith is true at all times. But, you know, as you were saying earlier, Heidi, keeping track of your advent calendar is kind of a way to stay in the here and now and to dive deeply into the truth that God has to teach us and to show us. So it's nice not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but just to live in the day with our community, which at this moment is celebrating Advent. And in a few weeks, we'll be celebrating Christmas. But it's really nice to maintain those rhythms with each other, I think. So there's no 10 lords a-leaping, nine ladies dancing, <laughs> seven swans a-swimming, six geese a lang. There's none of that in the 12 days of Christmas. I don't know. They don't happen at my house. We sometimes listen to the song. There's some interesting symbolism in that song that supposedly comes from Christian teaching, but I'm not terribly familiar with it. (laughs) (laughs) One final question from one of our listeners, and this is certainly a question that I have wondered about in the past. Was Jesus really born on December 25th? (laughs) Probably not. That's the answer. Probably not. The Bible does not give us a date for the birth of Jesus. In the early days of the Christian faith, the primary feast they celebrated was Easter. So it was not for several centuries that Christians began a festival for the birth of Jesus. In a lot of cultures, it has been common to have some kind of celebration on or near the date of December 25th. Because in the Northern Hemisphere, that date falls just after the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year. So many ancient people held celebrations of birth and life when that shortest day was past, when they could see that the sun was conquering the darkness. So it was in the fourth century that Pope Julius I designated December 25th for the date of the Feast of the Nativity. I believe that the earliest date that we know Christmas was celebrated on December 25th was actually during the time of Emperor Constantine. But Julius I, he was the one to designate December 25th in the Western Church. There are debates about time between the Western and the Eastern Church. But when he did that, it's commonly believed that he did it, at least in part, to adopt or absorb Roman pagan festivals because there were festivals already naturally occurring on that day. So he kind of took the festivals that were there and began to shift the focus and the meaning of them. Some Christians historically have rejected the celebration of Christmas for this very reason, because of its association with pagan religions. And actually, some of the traditions that have carried forward through time and in different cultures really date earlier than Christian celebrations to those pagan festivals. 
But to tell you the truth, I actually see it as kind of a brilliant marketing idea on Julius's part, because he found a way of sharing the gospel with the world. In our own culture, Christmas has surely become overly commercialized, and perhaps that's just another form of idolatry. It's the worship of money. But even so, it would be hard to find anyone who doesn't know the reason for our Christmas celebration, that we are celebrating the birth of Christ, and that means something. And with the right kind of cultivation, people can grow in faith from that starting point. So ultimately, I think it's a great thing that we celebrate Christmas, that people around the world celebrate together. We can have this time of joy together. Christmas has a great message similar to what you were talking about, Mary. The Peanuts gang in that special has a great way of digging into the commercialization of everything because you have the -the over-the-top nativity play that they're trying Mm -hmm. to do, and then you have Snoopy putting lights on his doghouse and entering it into this fake Christmas contest that he clearly just wanted to give himself first prize for. And at the very end, Charlie Brown, bless that poor kid. He is just at his wit's end. Everyone is laughing at his seemingly puny little tree. And he just exclaims, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus is like, sure, I'll tell you. And then he recites the passage of the angels visiting the shepherds. And it ends with glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And then he just quietly goes back to Charlie Brown and says, that's what Christmas is all about. And I think that is one of the most poignant, understated, but beautiful moments in any Christmas special. And then at the very end, everyone comes around and decorates the tree and they all sing, hark the herald angels sing. And it just, it makes me cry every time. Christmas is more than what you buy from the store. It's about who you're spending it with and who you're celebrating and who you're recognizing. And Christmas is the start of Jesus's life. And we're celebrating that. And we're excited that he's coming into the world. Now, there's that dark period on Good Friday or that seemingly dark period on Good Friday when he's buried in the tomb, but then he comes back to life for us. He died on the cross for us. That's one of the reasons why I really enjoy Christmas because it's the start of, as you said, the light shining over the darkness. This is not all that there is. This is not the end of humanity. This is the start of true love, true peace, true grace. That's absolutely right. I don't know if you noticed this in a Charlie Brown Christmas, but that moment that you described when Charlie Brown says, does anybody know the true meaning of Christmas? And Linus goes out there and responds with Luke's gospel. In that moment, Linus drops his security blanket, his whoopee that he carries around with him at all times. The angels say, fear not. And Linus is not holding his security blanket. Like you said, it's a beautiful expression of the gospel. 
that peanut special was supposed to be basically a 30 minute commercial for Coke. <laughs> but, <Really>? Yes. <laughs> and it almost didn't get aired because they were afraid that the gospel was too controversial. <laughs> the religiosity would scare people away. Right. And instead, it's one of our favorites because they took the opportunity to share the gospel. And like Linus, this is the moment where we may be standing in the darkness, but we can let go of our security blankets because God is with us. So thank you, Heidi. And thanks to all of our listeners who submitted their questions. This was fun. I hope you've learned something new to deepen the meaning of this season for you. Now, this will be our last episode of JOY just for the next month or so while we plan and prepare for a new season in the new year. So in the meantime, you can catch up on old episodes that you may have missed. They're very easy to binge. Most of the episodes are 20 to 40 minutes long. And so if you need something to tide you over between season one and season two, either go back and listen to them again or listen to them for the first time. There have been some awesome conversations this season. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the producer. There has been some awesome conversations that y'all should listen to. We've had a lot of fun and I think we've done nearly 30 episodes. Surely there's something there that you've missed. <laughs> Go back and listen to some more and see what joy you can find. Also, in the meantime, send me your ideas. What questions do you have about life and faith? What topics would you like to hear discussed? Who are the guest hosts that you'd like to hear from? Please send me your ideas, questions, and suggestions at mvano at stmargaretschurch.org. Now have a wonderful holiday season. And keep watch for the new season of JOY because it won't be complete without you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, y'all. However, you're celebrating the season, and we will see you in season two next year. is a production of St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks to Stephen Vano, who composed and performed our theme music, and to Heidi Soule, our producer.